You're listening to the podcast of Antioch East Baptist Church in Magnolia, Arkansas. This is Pastor Ron Owen. We're so glad that you've joined us today. If you have any comments or inquiries, you can send those to us at aebc123 at me.com. We're going to look at the triumphal entry of Christ just for a second at a couple of things that are just really neat. Uh, and then with a thought or two kind of interjected in. Luke 19, beginning in verse 37, this is, they've gone and gotten, the, they're headed in. I mean, they've, he's, he's gone and gotten the donkey and, 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 and Jesus is, is riding in now. Then, as he was drawing near the, the, the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you, that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Yeah. Wonderful passage. I was actually reminded it, in, in the way things go, is, and it's, it's sad. It's like I'd, I'd remembered, but I'd kind of forgotten until this morning. I took a call from a patient as, as I was hanging up. She said, have a good Palm Sunday. And I said, dead gun, that's what it is. You know, I mean, I'd forgotten, and I was drawn to this passage uh, we see things in this. We see praise in this passage, all in praise that is due, praise by a multitude of folks. I mean, it says, you know, bunches of folks. And can, we can't imagine because you think about when Brother Costa was talking about, uh, you know, the, the destruction area and how many homes and stuff. You realize, dude, that's a lot of folks in not a real big area, right? A lot the homes and such. That's that's incredible, and when you see, you know, that's be the one thing about visiting uh, that part of the world is just to see how the masses, because pictures you see, you know, show that how masses of humanity are kind of together, real close, which is very different than where we live. You know, we think we're crowded amongst folks, you know, if your yard isn't quite big enough or so. I mean, they're there together. And can you imagine when the Bible speaks of a multitude of people doing this, just that's a lot of folks. And the crowds are, are there doing it. And Luke writes something interesting. And he says they were doing it for the works that he had done. And that's, that, that kind of hits me in two ways. That's good, you know, in a way that, yes, they, they see what he's done and they, they, they recognize those things and they, they praise him and they, they, those for the works he had done. Especially uh, you, one writer in, a, in another gospel seems to indicate that a lot of it because of how he had raised Lazarus from the dead. You know, and, and the word had kind of gotten about that and people were following some of that. John indicates that to us a bit. And so that's good that they, they see what Christ is doing 
And they, they come and they praise for that reason. And it made me think, you know, you can kind of look at it for the, from the other side too because why do we praise God? Right? Why do we praise? Because lots of times it is, it, it's, we, we praise God over, boy, when we, when we get something or when something good happens, right? Well, we praise God. Or, you know, the test results were better than we expected. We praise God. And rightly we should. However, what if you don't get it? What if the test results are way worse than expected? Should you not praise God then? And so as I, I read these things, I see the crowd praising Him for all that He had done. And we know they, they laid clothes down. They laid the palm fronds down. We see it, and it's right that they do that. But you wonder about what motivates them and what motivates us as we praise. We see the rebuke by the leaders. Pharisees say, hey, you need to tell them to hush that up. That's what they said. We don't know. I mean, their motivation could have been political. You know, large, this is the time where there's a large gathering of Jewish folks coming together. You don't want to upset the, those in political power. And it could be that. Boy, you're going to upset things and make a, a mess for all of us. Could be. Dude, we just don't like him. We don't like his message. We don't like his claims. You need to tell them to hush. Likely it's a little both. A lot of both. You just kind of mix it all up in together. And you know, they use a lot of reasons, whatever. They didn't want it because they didn't like Christ. You know, they were opposed to Christ. He had exposed them for what they truly were. And so we, we see those things come together. And Jesus gives an answer. Dude, if they hush, the rocks would cry out. That's a wonderful statement and an interesting statement. And then when you sit and ponder on it, and you look at the various cross-references and such, and you just think, the Bible does talk a whole lot, doesn't it? About nature and the way it glorifies God in the way it does cry out with praise. Now, not with words. And if you've heard those things, don't admit it to folks. <laughs> they give you, they'll give you some medication for that. But the Bible does speak in many, many places of, of that happening. You, naturally, the, one of the places I think of is, is uh, Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. Right? Even Romans 1. Turn to Romans 1. Not a place you'd think. Romans 1. Romans 1 is one of the passages that comes to my mind when I think of this. Romans 1 in verse 20. 
And this is a great verse, a powerful verse and a, and a scary verse. Paul writes, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. That's what we've been talking about. All this stuff out there. Nature. Even His eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Sam, folks know there's a God just by looking around. That's what Paul has said. And he said, and they know it's not just, you know, some, you know, dollar general God. Okay? They said his, you know, his, his, the whole deal about his Godhead and how great God is just by looking around. And we know that. We, we celebrate those things. It's one of the reasons I love photography. Get out and see stuff and, and that. And you, you truly, and it's something to have a relationship with the creator of what, you're, what I'm doing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And that's what uh, Jesus said. Hey, nature of the rocks will cry out. And Paul says, man, they've already done it. The writer, it threw out the Psalms. You see this a bunch in Psalm 96. It says, let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. And then listen to this. I love the way the psalmist writes stuff. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the field be joyful and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the woods will, re will rejoice before the Lord. You ever thought about that when you go to the ocean and you hear the waves coming in? That's the sea rejoicing before the Lord. I drove through a little more rejoicing than I wanted to drive through last night. I did the worst weather I've ever driven through, and I did it twice. I'm, I am silly. Simple thing, but I, I mean, but the dude, you knew the terror of the Lord there for a while. And it's, but you ever thought about that when you see the sea crashing in? That man, the sea's just doing what it does. This is what God created it to do, and it's doing it and doing it well. Listen to this from Psalm 98. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. The world and those who dwell in it, let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. You can picture that, can't you? Isaiah writes, For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth in singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. The stones will cry out. You know, the stones, it also speaks about in Habakkuk, about the stones crying out in condemnation. You read in Habakkuk chapter 2, it talks about bad folks. We'll summarize it that way. Just, and it just describes in all kinds of ways. And it comes down to this. It says, nothing else is, for the stone will cry out from the wall and the beam from the timbers will answer it. Perhaps the sea does have to roar the way it does because we will not. I've gotten to where I listen to podcasts while I drive. It's kind of interesting. That's, that's one of the things that's going on in the world. It's not bad. 
That's one of the new technology stuff I like pretty good. And I listened to some, I just listened to interesting, different stuff. I was listening to one the other day by the man uh, who, who's the man behind the Dirty Job show on Discovery Channel. Micro. Interesting dude. He was interviewing an astronomer, and he was talking about some stuff about how they were trying to figure out numbers of stuff and how astronomers would be sure this way. And then they'd say, no, we made a mistake, and it's this way. And it didn't really matter. It was just incredible what they were talking about. Because astronomers right now, and they don't know, and they're, but they keep studying at it. It's really interesting what they do study at, especially in this morning brought this to my mind. As you begin to preach of the glory of God, it was brought to my mind about their counting the galaxies that are out there. And they did it in a, in a, it's really, really interesting with t cameras and the Hubble telescope, leaving them on for a long time. And it, 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 they left them on for a long time in one thirty-four millionth of the sky. Imagine that. Little tiny slice. They left them go for a couple months. And then they physically counted about 5,500 galaxies in this. And then they did math, and they said, we can be pretty dead gum assured of, there's at least 200 billion galaxies out there. But they can only see so far, so some folks will say, you know, they're doing maybe two trillion. It's a lot, okay? 200 billion, that's a lot of zeros, right? The galaxy that we live in, if you can envision something, envision a dot, okay? And let's call that the sun. And it's just the size of a dot, like a pinhead dot. Inside that dot, and the sun's, you know, pretty daggum big, right? Inside that dot, the earth, uh, there would be a million earths fit inside the sun in that little dot, a million of them. The Milky Way galaxy would be the size of the earth. It's that much bigger than the sun. If you're flying over, you know, up in there flying, you look down and there's a dot, like the, like the dot on top of an eye, and that's the size of the sun. Multiply it enough, and I don't know how you do it, to make it the size of the earth. That's the size of the galaxy you live in. They think there's 200 billion out there that they can count right now. They'll figure out a different one day later. They'll have better stuff. The stones will cry out. And then we see the difference a week makes. The same people that praised Christ. Yeah. The same crowds. Crowds as big. Gathered again one week later. Not even a full week later. And said, give us Barabbas. Crucify him. 
Give us Barabbas. Just kind of makes you wonder. As we've studied, and I remember a few weeks ago, and I can't remember exactly when it was, we were talking in Sunday school on one of the lessons, and it hit a point where you say, where I made a comment that's about something that was, I hope, but I believe it's true. I hope not, but I do believe it's true. There's a whole lot of line that goes on at funerals. Because if you attended funerals across our great land, you'd think everybody's going to somewhere pretty good. Just a few scant days after they said, they praised him, they said, crucify him. You see folks who seem to follow God for a while, who want to have nothing to do with Him not much later, but will not be stirred from the idea that, boy, I have a relationship with God. Jesus himself said, answering a question in Luke 13, one said to him, Lord, are there few who will be saved? Jesus had been preaching and it, it, he's preaching pretty hard to him. He said, Lord, are there just going to be few? Is anybody going to be saved? Is basically what they're saying. Are there going to be few? And Jesus said, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able when once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door and you begin to stand outside, knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us and he will answer and say to you, I do not know you where you are from. Then you, you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. Then there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. They will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and sit down in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there are last who will be first, and there are first who will be last. It's a promise in there that's wonderful. He says, they're going to come from everywhere. Dude, we're everywhere. We are. You have to understand, we are that everywhere right here today in Calhoun because we're a long way from where Brother Costa lives. He lives in there. Dude, we are the everywhere. Thank goodness he promised that he is coming for me too. But he said there a lot won't. And that's a sad thing. When you, you think of the rocks that, that are crying out and you think of the people who praise, and you think, dude, just a few days later, the crowd's turned. It encourages me to have a desire to be faithful. 
to continue to serve this God who loved me enough to save me for His own glory. Why? That's, that's between Him and Himself. Okay? That's just the way it is. But I'm still tickled about it. And it just encourages me to continue to be faithful through. Boy, that we can be like Brother Costa's family who says, we're going to be here. And we don't, we don't know what they're dealing with. We really don't. But they're going to be here. God, let us be that way. Let us praise that the rocks don't have to for our life and that the preacher won't have to lie when funeral time comes. <laughs>